trick was just keep it, keep it basic. Hey everyone, this is your Uncle Brent. I'm co-hosting the Sound Pollution Podcast with Renato. I'm back. And we today are hosting a great band. Sava. 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 Yeah, I'm really excited to talk to them. They have a they have really good music. They do. I really enjoyed uh make sure you guys click clicking on those links because this this band leaves you wanting for nothing. What have you what what did you do while I was gone for a week and a half? I had uh two gigs and met with the band and it was a crazy we got um, we had a neighborhood block party that the band played at, which nice. was because that was the I didn't know about that. Time, that was the second time that we got to play with Rick, the whole band to play with Rick, which nice. is kind of important. And then we had the South by Sam Bass, which was pretty good. There was crawfish everywhere. I think they exceeded the the financial goal of the Ricktoberfest that was held in the fall. So they raised and, more money for Meals on Wheels than before. They, they raised awesome. Meals on Wheels came out. They didn't feed anyone, but they came out and talked about what they're doing. It was just a good time. Good time was had by all. Well, I went to Look Up Fest. Yeah, tell us about that. So, Look Up Fest, which I've talked about over and over again, it's for, by uh, Look Up Records, uh, hosted by Dark Soft. I got to meet Bill in person. Although we did not really talk much, there was a lot going on, and I'm not going to lie, my anxiety was a little high. That was a that was that was a thing. That was a new thing for us, and I had a lot of fun though. Um, I got to meet elephants and dogs, and Joe, and I got to see Joe play with Bill. Uh, he he played guitar in dark with Darksoft, and that was great. I saw a couple new bands that are on the label that I really, really liked. They, they, when I say he had that shit set up and together, it was. And oh, and I got to meet John. Uh, sat down and hung out with him for a little bit. Blazing, uh, blazing what? Blazing space. And yeah. then uh, one of the people that was also, you know, how he said he had like people who were like he was up in the booth, and then he was gonna have like the other guys doing you know bits and pieces i i i got to meet and hang out with one of those guys and the video part and the lighting part of this show was not to be missed the music was incredible he had it set up so tight that one band would finish on one stage and then like five minutes later the band downstairs would play and so you just had like this constant music and it was a really chill environment. I did take a lot of pictures. I went live with every band I saw. He was trying to, he, he was telling me about a drink. You know, they had the red pill or the blue pill drink. And I told him I wasn't drinking either one because then I'd be asleep in that booth over there. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I, don't know, I don't think he realized it was a joke. <laughs> I was like, no, seriously, I will. And uh, I think my favorite part was that his grandma was there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man and she was into it and it was just so great and it was so nice to be at a concert or at a festival like that yes it was indoors but it's definitely a music festival and i can't recommend it enough i'm gonna go to the next one hoping he'll allow me to go and take video again um yeah it was so great man check out look up records they're doing there's some great musicians on that label i can't 
stress it enough. It was so wonderful. And their their label is a little more diverse than what you might think. It's not it's all so- like dark soft stuff. And like the stuff you heard on the albums played live had like a different texture to it, but it was still the same. It was just really impressive. I was really impressed. It was it was so much fun. Um I've got to actually send an email over to him of the pictures I've got on my phone. I decided just to take my phone because my phone's fancy schmancy and it's supposed to have four cameras on it. Um, But I wish I'd had a real camera. I'm going to bring one next time. So. Well, we won't judge you too harsh. Well, I didn't want to, I mean, I didn't want to just add it to the bag. It's, it was a long trip. I started work this week, so I'm kind of started my regular job. And so now I'm, trying to figure out what happened while I was gone and starting to wrap my head around what it's going to take to resolve what happened. Hey, there is a sign of life. He lives. <laughs> so are you the only one joining us tonight? The only one. Yeah. Uh, the other guys, I don't, I don't know. Dave's busy. I think, I think Dave's preparing for a show. Oh. He's got a couple other bands, so he's okay. busy. Excuse me. Uh, exactly. <laughs> Damn, Damn Harlot. I, I can't keep Damn Harlot, little bitch. <laughs> and then um That's Jay, David. That's David. And then David Jay the slut. Is somewhere else. I'm probably working, truth be told. So yeah, it's just me tonight. All right. Well that's okay. We don't yeah. we don't feel slighted at all. Fucking David. <laughs> Fucking David. God damn it. So Mr. Valdez little- isn't here either. Can't. What? We, we haven't done this for a week, and I think he won't admit it, but I think he missed it a little bit. So he's going to be, he's already extra, but he's going to be like extra. Oh, so, yeah. Oh, I'm just apologizing in advance. Fair enough. I got my jet fuel ready to go. <laughs> Nico, you better strap your ass in the seat because we're about to ask some shit. So let's yeah. talk about the band name. So say the band name. Seva. That's what I Seva. thought. Seva. And that is Latin for cruelty. Or? Uh, I don't know. What else? Savage. Is it? Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. I was like, because they sound a lot alike, the two yeah. words. You know, you put, put them next to each other, just set them up there. Yeah. How did you guys get together? It's something I put together, uh, just a couple demos, and... I was working with our old drummer at the time. Uh, she's got a band called Oak, Ash, and Thorn, which is doing a lot of cool stuff right now. Um, but anyhow, her and I got connected. Her name's Sierra, uh, really talented drummer. And I was like, you know, I want to do a black metal project. So I put all these demos together, kind of sent them to her. And I was like, what do you think? Her and I sort of connected and I came up with the band name and then kind of ran everything by her, kind of the idea. And she introduced me to who would at some point be the guitar player of the band and the, uh, the bassist of the band. And then, so Jay was our, our, our bassist there for a little while. Um, and then Jay moved over to drums when Sierra had to kind of go focus on some other things. Um, basically we had our first tour and, you know, we kind of decided we're going to part ways. Jay's going to play drums. Um, and then I started playing guitar in the band glacial tomb uh sorry this story's getting really convoluted it playing, is i'm I getting lost time. but i'm taking notes man i'm taking <laughs> notes i got shit to ask 
<laughs> and so I was in Glacial Tomb. Uh, I met Dave there. That's where I met David. Uh, and Dave, slut David. <laughs> and Dave was like, hey, I really want to play. Or he's like, can I, I don't know, play bass in your band or try it out? And I said, sure. So we, you know, he's a brilliant musician. So it was like an obvious yes. And uh, then Jay moved from bass on to drums after Sierra had left. Um, and then it was basically the core three of us at that point. Uh, there was another guitar player. He ended up parting ways with the band. But basically, we just had the core three of us. And then the pandemic hit. We kind of were gearing up to do all sorts of cool stuff. We had a bunch of cool shows lined up. Uh, I was working out some kind of tours and stuff. And then, yeah, everything got shut down. Like, why? Stop. What happened? I don't know what happened. What are you talking about? Did y'all just puss out or something? What? We just gave up on account of a whole, you know, viral pandemic. We just gave up. Death. Um, In your COVID. Yeah. So unfortunate. Um, and then we all kind of, kind of bunkered down. I was driving myself nuts because that's kind of what I tend to do. Um, and then I started writing and sending the music to the other guys and via like, email or we kind of communicate via like a Google drive. Okay, um, cool. So you drop it off and they would go, this fucking sucks. I can write some shit better than that. Just like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so my mom says shit like that to me all the time. Brutal momming. <laughs> I know she, uh, she does not like the music I write, but anyway, enough about me. Well, go ahead. And so I was sending these guys demos, um, trying to keep myself occupied. I was furloughed for my job and they were like this direction, it's really different. And I think, you know, listening to the new record compared to the, the EP that we put out, I mean, it, it's kind of maybe not a quite a 180, but it's a big change. And, uh, they were like, let's, let's roll with this. Like, let's keep kind of pushing this direction, seeking this out. And, yeah, then next thing you know, it's the end of 2020 and we basically have a full record ready to go. And then that's when I started talking to Pete, um, Pete DeBoer, who has done tons of crazy cool records. Yeah. Um, he did the blood incantation stuff and all that. Um, and I started talking to him and he really saw my vision. Like I was sending him demos once we kind of started talking and he was like, yeah, I totally see what you want to do. Like, let's cool. do it. And yeah, we immediately clicked and then, yeah, we recorded a record and then, I don't know, that's kind of how we got to here. So you made and basically recorded a record virtually. Yeah. I hear a lot of people have, that we have interviewed have done that. Did you think it was easier or harder to do it that way? It was easy just because that's the flow that the EP went, right? It like was- I recorded these songs and then asked these other people to play it and then they were down and then that's sort of how this went which was sort of not the way that i'd hoped it would go right i I anticipated this to be like let's sit down and write an album together um but you know logistically that just couldn't work at the time and so yeah it was more of kind of the same so you have evolved with the new music business and you have your own home studio correct correct I combed the internet for you. You probably felt me up your butt as I was going through the internet. And so one of the things I saw was that you're progressive post black metal. And I was like, or just a kick-ass band. You tell me. I mean, because 
I can hear some of the stuff, you know, like the dark, the black metal and stuff like that, but I could hear it getting heavier too. Mm-hmm. You, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. I was like, oh, he kind of laid back here. And if I would have waited, then I would have saw why you laid back here and, you know, and did stuff like that. But right. so do you consider yourself like black metal or progressive? I just, I think y'all are badass just from everything I heard and everything I pulled up. So what yeah, do you're you, tight. You're really I, good together. Thank you. Yeah, y'all are really good together. Um, but what do you label yourself as? Yeah, um, I think we agreed on the progressive post-black thing, literally just for ease of, I don't know, communicating what we're trying to do. Um, I, I was having a conversation with a buddy of mine earlier about how I've at some point just kind of forsake the, the genre labels and decided to just write whatever I felt like writing. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. this sort of is what happened. It kind of gave up on the, the trying to put it into a genre, which then made it more difficult to then down the road, try to actually have to put it into a genre to try and sell it to people and market yourself. Yeah. Yeah. That's the yeah. downfall of that, which sucks because I feel like, bands shouldn't pigeonhole themselves in a type of music because it really limits what they can, what they would like to do or put out. But then you turn around to try to sell it and everybody's like, well, where do we categorize it? And you're like, wherever you want. (laughs) They don't like that answer. (laughs) It's so funny because so we had a little bit of a big like signal boost when uh, Blaine from uh, Banger TV found us Mm -hmm. on his stream and he laid into us just like, off the genre he was like progressive post black i he's like i hate all of these words like none of this is going to be good but then he listened to it and was like oh this is actually good and it's just like it's one of those challenging things it was like yeah i mean i don't really i'm not in love with all of those words either but we needed to to label it something because if you call it black metal everyone's going to be disappointed if you call it progressive metal somebody's going to say there's not enough time changes there's not enough whatever if you call it post metal our songs aren't long enough and our whatever isn't x enough you know those are some of the things i thought but you know considering (laughs) you know you confused me with all the progressive post black metal pop you know uh, all that i really had no fucking idea and then when i was going from song to song i was like each song had something where i was like oh i was not expecting that Y'all guys play like 50,000 different instruments. Is that correct? It looks that way. It feels that way. Um, (laughs) So Jay or Jonathan, uh, we call him Jay, uh, primarily plays drums at this point. He did play bass, uh, but he learned bass, basically like bought himself a bass. It was like, I'm going to do this just to be in the band at some point, which was because he loved you that much. He was like, Nico, you were so hot. I'm going to learn your tunes (laughs) and I'm going to play the shit out of this bass. Something like that. Um, And then Dave's wild. That guy is like the most amazing musician I've ever met in my life. Yeah. I mean, he literally plays everything. Um, He's got several of his own projects. You know, I'm no longer in glacial tomb, but you know, Towards the end of my stay there, you know, we, he was writing half the material on top of the other guitar player in the band. So it's just like guys amazingly talented. And then he did all the synth and kind of programming stuff, uh, on our, on our record. So I was going to ask who did that. Yeah, yeah. that was him. <laughs> I, I knew I was it was him because it said 
on the internet that he plays. <laughs> yep. See, I just went and listened to things, and he apparently FBI background checked you. So I did. <laughs> I did. I went and got up in your stuff. So the new album is called All We've Lost, We Carry With Us. Yes. And that was released three weeks ago? Or uh, not even. It was released on Sunday. So wow. Congratulations. Damn. Yeah. I'm ahead of the times. Y'all have a, quite a few things out for it being your first release. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> for it being released on Sunday, not your first release. How many albums do y'all have? So this is our first album. Uh, we have an EP uh, that was called okay. Obsidian. And then there were some singles and like a demo, um, a demo version I did of Dismantle Dismay um, that was out on the internet as of, I think, sometime around this time last year, 2021. Maybe it was 2020. I don't, I don't remember. It's been a while. The last two years are just a blur. Don't, don't try. Yeah, right? if, you, if you try, you get sad. Don't. Just don't, right. <laughs> just don't fucking do it. Um, do you, did you find um, it was easier to do the EP or the album or did they both just kind of happen? They both happened and they were both, they both had their own set of challenges. Um, and then they both had their own really easy kind of rewarding things that mm-hmm. happened. Um, what I remember most about obsidian was that it felt mostly like running uphill the whole time whereas all we've lost feels a lot like everything fell into place naturally the people that we worked with the the group of people that the band was just everything fell together and felt really harmonious the entire time and i think that you can hear it on that versus the other one i mean like you can just hear that everything was just right it sounded like it went smooth. So let's talk about one of the tracks on that. And I'm going to so butcher the fuck out of this. Okay. Disconsolate. Did I say it right? Disconsolate. Damn it. Yeah. That was the last song we wrote on the record. I don't know why that came out, um, but I, I think it was like two or three weeks right before the record it was about to go. At, or we were about to go in the studio and I, I pulled something. I don't remember what that song was. Wherever that demo is, it's lost in a folder somewhere. Um, and I felt really passionate about that song. You know, even without lyrics, it's instrumental. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's no guitar solo either. Yeah. No, I'm a terrible guitar player, so I don't really do a whole lot of the. the I don't know, stuff. dude. <laughs> yeah, I, I was know. gonna say I'm gonna. We're gonna have to call your bullshit on that. So I would not say that you're a bad guitar player. I was hearing Tool. I was hearing like, it felt almost all guitar to me. It's a big guitar song. The whole record, I mean, has like, or like three separate guitar parts on the whole thing. Constantly, it's it's a lot of guitar. It is. Yes, that's the way. <laughs> Which is why he loves it. He Every was like, jam <laughs> song should have like 34 guitars. Right. <laughs> and And why no lyrics? There was a moment in time where it like existed with vocals. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the band uh, Unrequited. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. But so it was originally kind of like that. There was like these kind of echoey screams that mm-hmm. were more textural than they were like lyrical. And I think once we got to like vocal day, I was just like, I don't think this needs it. And we've, 
for when it like we just were like no we're good and i remember sitting down the day we mixed it because i sat with pete um i sat with him while he was kind of you know working his magic on the board and i remember texting my partner at the time and i was like oh yeah i think (laughs) i was like i think i have depression it like it really settled in and clicked for me. Like I've known that my entire life, but like that song without lyrics or without anything spoke volumes about it was all feeling. Yeah. It was dark. Yeah. Yeah. So So that's how you discovered that, that you maybe should go talk to somebody. (laughs) Really? Your other songs that were provided that insight, maybe your 15 years of therapy, none of that stuff. It like, it all like clicked. It was like all the therapy, all the, you know, the, the diagnosis, like that was all fine and well, but it's like in that moment, there was something was sitting on the couch and I was like, yeah, I'm like deeply, profoundly sad. Yeah. So I'm let sorry. Me ask- all right. So Nico, cool intro. I loved the intro. I thought it was badass, but the part of the song that blew me away was it 156? And that's when the awesome double bass like really gets aggressive. Yeah. And I was, cause that was one of those songs where I was like, okay, he's gonna start singing anytime. Cause this was the first song I listened. So this was like my first Nico Savage experience. And I was like, okay. And then I hit, and it just kept getting bigger and bigger and darker and aggressive. I yeah. loved it. But that double bass part just takes it to a totally different level. Did you write that or did you let the drummer do that? There's some version of that song in my computer somewhere that I don't think has nearly that amount of double bass. I I remember us kind of working that one out in the studio, kind of just bit by bit. And Jay was like, why don't I try this here? And then he just kind of, I don't know. He went with that, but he, I know that that little bit right there, that was like all his kind of touches. I got to admit, I got winded listening to him play that shit. A lot of intensity there, but I also enjoyed the guitar too. I knew I was going to, as soon as I started hearing the guitar, I was like, okay, I'm going to be okay this week. There's plenty of guitar.
Yeah, that was a real cool song. I just Yeah, I mean it's you know, it's an opener. You know, I think it, it ends on this kind of high note expecting, you know, there's a lot of tension built up and then it's letting the rest of the album kind of breathe without overshadowing it, I think. I, I kind of listened to all your stuff. Um, okay. Everything I could find, I listened to. I think your 12-year-old recital on the flute was excellent, though. Thank you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I think you carry a lot of uh, not only sadness, but regret through a lot of your songs too, of things that you couldn't reach out and grab or things that have slipped away. That's what I felt. And and if you didn't say it or sing it or growl it, the music had it uh, right. to me. Am, am I totally off? Am I talking crazy? No, I think you're spot on. You know, I don't want to derail or get into, you know, right. any topics that you guys weren't already trying to get into, but, um, well, let's get into it, man. Come Sem- on. Semblance of You, I think, is sort of a big part of that. The um, the last line there. That was a song I heard that was so emotional. Yeah. Because it's from the emotion in the intro just carries just a sound. Prof- it's just, it's heavy. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't, I'm not one to cry, but I almost started crying because uh, the chorus is, I open my eyes and see you're gone. I shout and I cry, please come home. Where is home? And then, like almost at the end, uh, following tracks where your foot kissed the ground. That's a great line right there. Fucking beautiful. Following steps towards someone that can't be found. Phenomenal. It was so heavy for me to listen to it. And, And you did all the vocals, right? Right. To hear you sing those vocals, you did a good job, man. It was really sad the way you did it, and I appreciate. I think you were true to what you were writing, and I really appreciate you delivering that. Because when some people sing this stuff, it's just kind of rote. You know, it's right. just oh, here I do this, or oh, I use this note because I'm a badass vocalist, or whatever. Right. And and even before you started singing, and before I heard your chorus, as you're you're singing over following tracks, and then you're saying. Where is home? That was really cool too. I love that. And you had a little acoustic guitar break at the like kind of midway through, and then you had a fucking sax solo. Right. Ah, what the fuck, dude? It Where was so good. From? Where did that come from? I was not expecting that. <laughs> okay, so we touched on a couple things here. Let, let's talk about the sax. So that was Jordan Clancy, who's the drummer for another Denver band called Dreadnought. Um, that one sounds familiar. Yeah, Dreadnoughts, they're amazing. Uh, yeah, some of my best friends in the world, and they're also like my fav- one of my favorite bands like ever. They're also doing a record with Pete, and that's coming out, I don't know, in like a year or something. So Jordan's brilliant and a total sweetheart. So I asked, I was like, hey, I really want a sax solo here, and you're... You're the person I know that plays sax. And he jumped at the opportunity. It was really awesome. Uh, really, really cool. And we sat and had a conversation about it. Talked on the phone for probably about 20 minutes. And he sort of asked me what the song was about and kind of what he wanted or what I wanted the tone to be. And this kind of goes into what you were saying at first. But, you know, the reason that you feel and can actually hear all of that in the vocals and in the music in itself is is you nailed it, Brett, uh, or Brent, sorry. Um, 
that the the song is about grief it's about loss it's about maybe regret um you know without kind of divulging too much like it's about losing my mom and you know i lost my mom when i was a kid you i'm know, so sorry eight. thank you i mean you didn't do it but i know I but still. It. <laughs> that kind of loss and that kind of grief is something that stays with a person yeah and to be able to I don't know, have the ability to articulate it in that way that can connect with other people that is felt authentic and genuine, that it touches other people. That's what I do all of this for. Like, that's kind of why I make music is to make other people feel things and to give them a place to feel those kind of uncomfortable feelings. That being said, I explained that to to Jordan on, on the way kind of into making this song. And I just gave him space. So was, that sax solo is pretty long. I think it's like a minute, minute and a half. Well, it's a seven-minute song, dude. Right. It's a seven-minute song, man. Right. You so, have plenty of space. <laughs> yeah, I, I gave him all of that empty space, and I was like, go at it. I don't, I don't really care what you do. And he sent me the first version of it, and I was like, this is awesome. Like, this worked way better than I thought it was going to. When you heard the first version of the sax on your music, did it make you cry or almost make you, did it bring you to tears? It made me really happy. I don't, yeah. I was overwhelmed with joy. I mean, one, having one of my favorite musicians kind of featured on, uh-huh. on our stuff. That's cool. That was huge. That's uh, dope. But then, you know, it just fit so well. Like I it almost felt like, I know I'm not the first person to add sax into a metal song, obviously, but you know, I was like elated and kind of giddy and I was like, Oh man, like, look what we did. This is amazing. You know, and it worked. So, um, yeah, that was awesome.
play. Let's talk about Gravity. How did that song happen? Very growly and angry. I like it. Yeah. It made me feel better. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, fuck that person. <laughs> I don't know who they are. <laughs> the vocal tones on that were really cool. Yeah. Like, did you put some type of special effect on your voice? Because that one, the way you were growling on that one sounded a little different. And it could have been just the recording techniques used on it from comparing an EP to a, an album, but was there something special you did with, dude, your tone? I was like, oh my gosh, you have a great vocal tone, not only when you sing, they're the same, but they're not at the same time. You do a good job of balancing those two, transitioning from one to the other. The vocal tone was incredible. So did you do anything special with the vocals on that one? Not really. I mean, other than rehearse, I suppose. Uh <laughs> Yeah, the 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 major differences is just kind of in the way that we recorded. Um, okay, we did the Obsidian EP with Kyle Neely, and that was a lot more of like an in the box production. We were using a lot of plugins, you know, stuff like that. But there wasn't anything particular or you know, kind of wild about what we did. I mean, it was basically me doing vocals into like a Sure SM7B, and. That's mostly it. It's probably a lot of the way that he mixed and EQ'd it. The the reason I asked is because, like, when I do my vocals, which is horrible, but I have a certain setting that I put it on, but when I do vocals with my producer, who makes me sound like God, I was like, why do my vocals sound so much better when I'm with you? And he goes, oh, because I do this. And I was like, what? Yeah. So I was wondering if something like that happened. It's exactly the same, I assure you. I hear my own voice on my own personal demos, and I'm like, God, I'm like, shit. And then I hear it through, you know, uh, you know, especially when I was working with Pete, it was just mind-blowing, especially because I was like, what do you do? He's like, uh, I'm running you through this preamp, and that's it. It's the microphone. It's a nice microphone, and it's a nice preamp, and the rest is your voice. And then it made me think, I was like, oh, well, when I'm at home, I'm just like slathering myself in effects, trying to cover up my insecurities. But, right. Yeah. And it was probably fine in the first place. Exactly. So did Pete ever go, don't ever do that again? No, I don't yeah. think we ever cool. had anything like that. That's <laughs> awesome. Cause he gets that. He gets that from his producer. He's like, yeah, that was a good idea. We're never going to do again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He presses the button. Hey, hey! I heard what you're trying to do. Uh, let, let's try something else. At least you're exploring. <laughs> <laughs> but no, and that song. Oh my gosh, that song was like really cool because I love the guitars. I love the the double bass on it. But then you have this great change at three oh six, and then after you do the change, you go to I think it's four minutes and two seconds. You have this, just a badass Brent, change. Brent, there are I love, all these changes. Brent. There, there are at least three changes in that song. Okay, everything he said. But I love, just this has nothing to do with the interview. Brent, I love how you're writing down like minutes and seconds. But every time you do that, the artist is like, I don't fucking remember where I was at four minutes I, into this song. I literally pulled it up. He's like, hold on. on. I brought it up, so I was like, okay, I need to have this song ready so I can refer to something. And but now I know exactly what you're talking about. But they all go back and look at it. I guarantee you. Every single one of them. I really like it. It's great. Dude, I like, your shit was so cool. Look at him. what I did. Oh, my God. 
Listeners, you can't notes. see this, but he has like typed out notes. Brent's on point. This That's is what amazing. I have to go away for a week at that. a time. And it's all you had to totally take a picture and send it to him. <laughs> now, now I have scratches all over it. No, that's perfect. See, yeah, this is how you interview people. Oh, awesome. I wanted to, I wanted to ask, did you, yeah. you tune down, correct? Uh, yeah. Um, all of obsidian is one step down. Um, D standard, uh-huh. and then uh, C sharp. No, just D. Just um, D. Okay. And then I- all we've lost is mostly. Well, it's like almost half and half. D standard, and then drop C. I, I at some point had a guitar student. I was like very like not into using drop tunings for a while. I was being stubborn. I don't know why. And then a student of mine was like try this. And I was like, okay, I'll give it a shot. And I was like, Oh, I don't have to play lame riffs in drop tunings. I can still play cool stuff in, in drop tunings. Yeah, no, I was, I was like, man, that's, that's low. Cause when I first started hearing you, I was like, okay, he's not using standard tuning. The question is when I was doing my active listening, if I would have got up and got my guitar and actually figured it out, what's the fun in that? You know, right. then I couldn't ask you. The other thing is you play a Parker fly. Uh, I do. Yeah. Ah. I don't play it live anymore. Um, you don't? I, I stopped doing that. But, Why? Uh, what the What the hell? Uh, because it's like valuable now. It's like a, a vintage guitar, I suppose. Well, they don't, they don't make them anymore, right? Mm-hmm. right. They stopped making them. Uh, the parts are getting harder and harder and more expensive to find. So I figure it can stay at home. What's your go-to amp and pedal board effects? Because you have... There's a lot of shit going on uh, as far as your guitar effects and stuff. And if you have a Parker Fly, you can do some real badass shit too because mm-hmm. it has like extra shit in it. Like you can really fine tune the uh... – oh, fuck it. I can't remember. But you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I know what you're saying. Uh, the Parker Fly has a piezo system in it, which is a lot of fun to use. Um, that was mostly out of practicality for doing it live. And that was really just to kind of satiate the live need for the occasional, like, really good clean or, like, acoustic sounding kind of parts. I don't think I ever used it live in that capacity, though. I probably underutilized my guitar. And then amp-wise, I'd say... For this band specifically, uh, my Mesa Boogie Mark V, um, mm-hmm. I used that a lot. I actually, I used that and kind of found a really cool setting with it. A, a friend of mine that I used to work with at a guitar center, not guitar center, guitar shop called Flipside Music, we worked together and he showed me this really cool setting using the Mark I mode, which, mm-hmm. I don't know, I guess like the typical metalhead maybe not going to gravitate towards the Mark I mode. You know, you're thinking maybe Mark II or Mark IV, kind of the, the heavier modes. Um, but it just had all this bouncy low end and got really jangly with the single coils, which I used a lot for the new record. Um, so I love that. And then... Wait, wait, wait. You flipped up and used your single coils? Oh, there's single coils all over the new record, yeah. Oh, man. I was one... That's interesting. Because yeah. normally, a lot of metal players pretty much stay in the humbuckers or they have like three humbuckers or two humbuckers. They don't always use the single coils maybe for like a little lighter or finesse part. They would flip to the single coils, but that's interesting. 
Yeah, you sing. I would have never the new record. So I would have never have guessed that you used single coils because it sounded so fat, so big. Um, whoo! What about your rev head? Uh, yeah, that's the one in the back there. I, yeah, uh, nice. I use that live, um, just because it's a really reliable amp. Um, it's killer. I I bought it mostly for playing in glacial tune because I needed something with a little more gain. Uh, it was a little more wet, a little more saturated. But for Seva, all the recording was done with the um, Mesa Boogie Mark V. Yeah, those Mesa Boogies sound really good. I've only got yeah. to hear them. I've never actually got to play one because yeah, I'm intimidated because it's a Mesa Boogie. But those things sound great. In any setting, they just sound, they're so beautiful.
So when I come to a show, what am I going to see? Hopefully some music that touches you. It's a good answer. What is it going to look like? I don't know. Uh, we, for a long time, we're doing this kind of all black denim and hood thing. Sweet. Yes. And that got really hot really fast. Yeah, I saw, I think I, one of, I think it was Gravity, actually, where you guys were playing. And, and I was like, there's no way. And there was like, I don't know how many lights on you. I was like, oh. there's no way that they're not losing weight right it's, now. Yeah. It's uh, visually, I think at this point, we've all kind of at least figured out that we're, we're at least just going to wear black. Nothing Basic. too crazy. Maybe no jackets anymore. The jackets were hot. Or you could start with jackets and then like throw them to the crowd. Right. Or maybe that's for when you're bigger, but I'm just saying. Yeah. You know what? In the middle of the set, you could break to that jazz song called The Stripper, and then each of y'all take off y'all's jacket (laughs) and throw it in the crowd. There you go. No one else does it. I mean, it would stick with people. We always, uh, I figured that would happen out over the smooth sax solo. Yeah. Yeah. Start stripping down and. Telling everybody to tip their waiters. Tip. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. And where can where can my listeners buy your new album? Uh, you guys can buy it. You can download it digitally from us on our Bandcamp link, which I hope will be linked below. Yes. Uh, our, the label putting out the CD is Exalted Woe. So exaltedwoe.com should have uh, digipacks of it. Uh, you can buy merch from our Bandcamp as well, and you can find us on all your major streaming sites: YouTube, Spotify. I don't know Yahoo Music account. I bet they still have some stuff. I mean, <laughs> surely they do. What would you tell somebody who was getting into music for the first time? A new songwriter. What would you tell them? I mean, the snarky response would say... No, the honest no. response. Don't be snarky. Don't be, <laughs> don't be snarky McSnarker pants. Yeah. Come on, Nico. We're beyond that at this point. <laughs> the, the honest response is do it from your heart. If it means something to you, hopefully it'll mean something to somebody else. And do that. Um, that's the best advice I could give anybody. And it's the vi- advice that I wish I had taken for myself earlier in life. But here we are. So. Well, you can't be that old. What are you, like 12, 14? Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I'm 12. I'm 12. 12. I'm fucking 12. Hey, I can make you feel better. I don't know. You're, I know you're younger than me, but this, this will also make Brent laugh. So you guys want to know how I threw out my neck today? Huh? Sneezing. Uh Sneezing. You're lucky you're not disabled. (laughs) It was like, I mean, it hurt. Yeah. That sounds rough. (laughs) Yeah. It's not for the weak. Hey, Nico. Yeah. I just want to thank you for joining us. I really enjoyed your music. And I really enjoyed talking to you, too. You're a good guy. No, thanks for having me on. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to Sound Pollution today. I want to thank our guest, Seva, for being, well, Nico from Seva, for being on our show. We really appreciate you. Um, make sure you click those links below. Make sure you show the artists some love, purchase their music, purchase their merch, uh, comment on our stuff. Please download, 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 download. We really need you to download. And now I know, uh, let me take this moment. I know we've been missing from Spotify and our heart radio. And, um, I think there was one more. I think it was a pod chaser tune in. 
Um, we had an issue with our podcast coast, which of yeah. course happened while I was on the West Coast mm-hmm. without my computer. Um, and there was very little I could do about it, um, except, you know, scramble cuss. to get it back on and cuss at a phone because the phone is the phone's fault. Um, but we are s- basically everywhere else except iHeartRadio or Spotify. By the time this comes out, we should be back on iHeartRadio and Spotify, but we are everywhere else. We yeah. are YouTube, SoundCloud. Oh, my God, I had a list. We're everywhere else, Google yeah. Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. It's just those few little ones that um, the new podcast host has to go in from their end through our old podcast host and manually get us back up, up there without losing our subscribers and stuff. Cause we don't so, want to lose you. Yeah. So what you should get out of everything she just said on our social media, you can go to sound pollution or you can go to uncle Brent music and check and you can click on, go look at the post and there is a link mm-hmm. to our YouTube. So you can do that. You can you access can use, it there. Yeah. We're everywhere. But you can though. use other, you can use other, Genuinely, if you're for some reason at this point not finding us on iHeartRadio or Spotify, Spotify was, I was kind of thinking about getting us off of there anyway. But if for some reason, those are the two places you listen to us from and hit our YouTube up or, you know what, Google Sound Pollution Podcast. It will pull up everyone. I counted today. We are on 12 different platforms right now. So we're still there. We're just not on those two. So we are coming at you on 12 different platforms. Yeah, I don't fuck around. I was like, I, it was funny, like that one, the one podcast host screwed us over. And I was like, I doubled down. I got home and doubled down. I was like, well, we were in these eight places. Well, now I'm going to be in 16, bitch. Fuck you. <laughs> like, it was so mad. It was almost like my pride was hurt. <laughs> like, you jerks. That's horrible. But I'm glad, I'm glad we're pretty, we have some redundancy built into our process so people can access in multiple. Oh, we're everywhere. All you got to do is Google us at this point. At this point, we are Googleable, which was really, really cool. And Googleable. So y'all guys can subscribe. You can like us. You can follow us. Share, download, share, download, especially download. Do all those things. Okay, this outro went on a little long. Thank you so much for listening. It was my over-explanation. I feel so bad because we went down for like 48 hours, and that was absolutely not okay. And once we're off where that what happened, I, then I'll blast them. Ah, <laughs> oh, damn it. I totally forgot to tell tell you I released Stay. Oh, oh, I've been sharing the shit out of it. I've been resharing it on all the platforms every time I see it. There's like there's like three of your videos of, of stay as a video in a row. <laughs> like, it's just like here it is. It is. <laughs> I'm annoying. But it's it's it out. it's going well. I haven't heard anyone say anything good about it, but it hasn't been bad either. So no. why would they say anything bad? I don't know. So get That's out it. there, make some noise.